It's time for the Growth Strategies Cafe podcast designed specifically for female online business owners. I'm your host, Teresa Cleveland, and I believe we can all make a difference and that having a successful online business is one of the best ways to do that. Let's be real though, growing an online business isn't always easy. It definitely doesn't look sexy all the time, and it's one of the most fulfilling endeavors you can take on. There are no secrets to building a successful business. There's just the stuff you don't know yet, and we'll be talking about it all here in the cafe. Whether you're on your way to six figures or beyond, you are in the right place. So grab your favorite beverage and pull up a chair. Let's get to it. Hey, welcome to Growth Strategies Cafe. This is Teresa Cleveland and I have one of my favorite people on with me co-hosting today. It's Sarah Khan. Sarah, introduce yourself to everyone. Hello, I am Sarah Khan. I'm a coach and consultant uh, operations badass, and I flip the script on everything you thought you knew about business and about yourself, helping you to unlearn those toxic beliefs and practices that of the uh, corporate experience, help you really lean into trusting yourself again and completely change the way you show up for your business and for your life because we don't exist in silos. Oh my goodness, who doesn't need some of that? <laughs> That's right. I love seeing your post online. Be sure to uh, seek Sarah out. It's Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-K-H-A-N. That is correct. And of course, I'm Teresa with Growth Strategies Cafe, and I help online female business owners pinpoint why their business is not growing so they can make a greater impact and more money quicker without getting bogged down in yet another course or group program. Love it. So this episode is the last one of December. So you're welcome. This is our <laughs> Christmas gift to you beyond the bullshit. Merry Christmas. Uh, I think this is our third one, fourth one. I can't. The third. I, I want to say third one. Okay. Yeah. I know we were going to do a few more this year, but you know, life, life happened and Growth Strategies Cafe took a little break there. I do want to let everyone know Sarah has agreed to come back in 2022. She's going to be back once a quarter. And uh, I'm so excited because we were talking and neither one of us have any doubt that there will be plenty of bullshit to discuss. It's oh, not yeah. going away. It's not going away. Try as we might. <laughs> right. One of the things we want to talk about today, just starting off is that, you know, between ads I've seen and things like that, that there's just one way to grow your business. And that's not true. And it doesn't matter. Those ads seem to be like, it doesn't matter whether you have a group program. Well, that's going to be the only way if you really want to make money, if you really want to quote unquote, scale yourself, which we're going to talk about scaling here in a minute. But there's so many things out there where it's just, you know, basically, this is the way. And if you want to be successful, You got to do this. Yeah. And I think it's because entrepreneurship has become kind of like an industrial complex. I can't remember where I read that term. It was on Instagram somewhere. And when I find the when I find the person who said it, I'll I'll definitely um, let you all know. But it's become this kind of um, almost like an assembly line. And I think that's why we get stuck in this rhetoric of there's only one way to build a business. Because Well, I see that person has grown their business that way. So that must be the way. So I'm going to adopt that as well. And then what I teach is that way. And then everybody who learns from me thinks it's only that way. And it just perpetuates. It's like a self-perpetuating thing, which is ridiculous. But that's, you know, we, we do what we've been taught to do. And it's a lot easier to do that and, you know, get the cookie cutter or the template 
and try and make it fit into whatever you want to teach because you've seen other people be successful with it or so they say they've been successful with it. And that's why we get stuck in this. There's only one way rhetoric, but also because I really truly feel like it's a lot harder to do what you and I, Teresa, purport that people should do. Really step back and reevaluate. Why are you here? What are your values? What are your priorities? What's your mission? Really do that deep foundational work so that you can still grow your business your way and it's going to feel a hell of a lot better because it's not what 30 people before you did and that's why you struggle to stand out right oh my goodness such a good point i see it's i watch webinars sometimes still because i'm always curious about other people and how things are working out and things like that so i'll watch a webinar and i will (laughs) i'll know what slides coming up next I know what the catchphrase is going to be and all of that. I know that, you know, everyone listening and watching doesn't because they don't work behind the scenes as much as we do. So they don't don't see it as much. But it has to. They have to see it on some level because you see people in groups who are just like, oh, yeah, here it comes, you know. Whatever part of it it is, whether, you know, it's the sales pitch or whether it's the funny thing, too, about that. This is totally off the side. But on those, when you have those fill in the blank is what how I like to refer to them, ways of doing something that one way, Mm -hmm. it is also left to the interpretation of the person who's learning it. Yeah. So if it says to be personable and tell people what colors you like, they will just tell you the colors that they like. Because again, like you said, it's easier to do that and go by, you know, whatever is suggested rather than Mm -hmm. really being personal. Yeah. It's like when you look at some some branding in certain circles, everybody's colors are weirdly similar. Everybody's logos and like brand elements are weirdly similar. And why is that? Because everyone wants what that person has. And everyone wants to do it the way that person does. And so it just, you, you become, yeah, maybe the original was successful, is successful. But for every person that tries to emulate that, you just become a more and more watered down version of that, right? And and this is, again, like why people struggle to stand out, why people struggle to really articulate their value and their, you know, what makes them unique and why they're in business in the first place, which is something that, again, a lot of people don't take the time to really consider and this is actually something I'm going to be addressing in my own circle you know in the coming weeks but this idea of well we all want to be successful we all are in business to make money and we all are in business to have more control over our time and our freedom but when shit hits the fan that's not going to sustain you because if it was just about money and time freedom I could go get a part-time job that pays pretty consistently and pretty damn well or I could go back to a full-time job so and you can turn it off when you leave the office exactly so you know there's there are so many layers to this that we don't talk about when it comes to business success and sustainability and all of the things that we're going to talk about today. And that's it too. When, when you think about it and I, Lord knows I tried that in the beginning. I, and that was just it. It was the easy thing, you know, being out here for 13 years, I've seen a lot of shit and I've tried a lot of shit, Mm -hmm. right? I can tell you that the things that I filled in the blanks and did, I got them done quick. I got them out and they did not have the responses and uh, connect with people the way that I wanted it to or the way that it does when I show up authentically as me. And like you're saying, it is, I don't know that it's a lot harder to do that. I think it's because it's such deep work because we're pulling it out of ourselves or yeah. our coach or mentor, whoever is helping to pull it out. Yeah. 
And it's not quick, right? We live in a very Insta society. And the idea of, well, I mean, because you see it everywhere. It's only going to take two emails. You can have this in six weeks. You can have it in three months. This program is going to completely change your life in 12 weeks or whatever it is. And none of us are willing to go, okay, well, actually, you know, it's taken me three years or it's taken me five years or it's taken me, me personally, it has taken me three years to get to a point now where I am a hell of a lot clearer than I was on what I want to do, how I want to do it, where I want to show up, how I want to show up. And I'm still doing the work. Three years. But everybody wants to come into business and be a six-figure success story overnight. And it doesn't work that way. I mean, going back to webinars, I was going to say, I, I'll never forget when I first started in business, in the, in this iteration of business anyway. I was working with a coach who, you know, that was her her, her shtick was like, you got to do a webinar. You got to bring people into a program. I think I talked about this in a previous episode where, you know, she encouraged us to pick a date and then told us, well, you're going to launch a program on that date. No idea what the program is going to be about. But she had a, a formula for a webinar. It was 21 slides. First three slides are going to talk about this. Next five slides are going to talk about this. On this slide, you're going to do your sob story. On this slide, you're going to, you know, give them the the value breakdown. On this slide, you're, I'm going to I'm going to be honest. It was incredibly tempting, and I did it because I was like, ooh, here's the formula, here's the the blueprint or the framework, the silver bullet, the silver bullet. I know exactly how to put a webinar together. And yet, when I had to actually execute it, it felt so gross, and it felt so hard. And I was like, why? Why does this feel so hard? She gave me the exact step by step. I know exactly what to say, when to say it, how to say it, where to say it. And I didn't sell shit because having to then execute it, deliver it was so difficult. And it has taken me three years to truly understand why, because that's not how I wanted to build my business. And it wasn't who you are. It's who she was. And she could do it exactly. It was authentic to her. Yeah. There's a popular program out there that is 12 weeks, and many people think that at the end of that 12 weeks, they're going to have a course. Now, in 12 weeks, you're going to learn all the ins and outs, and there is a lot of valuable information in that mm-hmm. in that course, and you then have to translate it to yourself. I've seen people who have succeeded, and I've seen and talked to many people who it did not work for. And a lot of it is because they were not yet clear. There's so many variables. And that's one of the reasons I like working one-on-one with people because I don't have to wait, maybe get my questions answered, all that kind of thing. I want to work with somebody where we get, it's all about me. Let's just yeah. make it all about me and let me get my answers so that I can get there quicker. Yeah. Still, not in 12 weeks. No. I've been out here, and I don't mean to scare anybody, but I've been out here 13 years now, full time in the online space, and I have pivoted numerous times. Yeah, but that's there's just wrong with that. part of who it is. But if you're, yes. let's talk about corporate. When you're in corporate, it's perfectly fine to work in this department and then go to this department and be promoted to that one. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in the online space, a lot of people will say, oh, well, there's something new. I guess that didn't work out for so and so or, yeah. you know, whatever. But it's a natural thing to especially as creatives for us to shift and decide that we want to work differently with people or you know we become very versed in something that we see a need for and we put that out there yeah and so entrepreneurship like we've talked about before is a journey of self-discovery and the more you discover about yourself the more in alignment you start to be able to work 
And that requires the courage and the permission and the acceptance, whatever word you want to throw in there, to pivot, to change, to evolve, because that's how we grow. We grow our business and we grow ourselves. Absolutely. I know for four, four and a half years, you know, I was doing helping people run their online businesses, you know, uh, managing them and all of that. And that was great. And the time came that I knew that that was no longer for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for various reasons. And then as I made this shift, so here I am 13 years later, and it's like, have I not figured out what I want to do? No, I know what I want to do. The thread through it all is the same. I want to help female online business owners do business better and not have to sign away their life and firstborn to do it. So it's just taken different iterations of that. And at each iteration, guess what? You get to do this work. <laughs> you yeah. get to do this work. Yeah. When we're talking about no one way to do your business, I want to toss in there too, that even within your business, there may be a way that you do things. And this is the way that you do it. And you may say, well, I just need to stick with doing it this way, because this is what the way that we do it. And I like it this way. This year has been a really good example for me. I love to plan in October for the next year. I just Mm -hmm. love to do it. It's out of the way. And and we're going to talk about this too, because that magic of January 1st. So we're getting ready to talk about that in a minute. But that's just it. I like to do it in October, because that gives us the rest of the year to get everything in place so that come January, we are able just to keep on rolling. We don't have to bring everything to a standstill. Yeah. And this year, between, you know, helping my mom move, that happened over a two-month period, some medical situations, we just weren't able to do it. And, you know, back in July, we switched to Growth Strategies Cafe, which totally so thrilled that we did that. And I'm rebranding and messaging, like doing all that work all over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of the interesting things was when I started into that work, you know, we talk about mission, we talk, because, like you said, the, that's the foundation. It would be so easy. I and I did try to take a shortcut. I went back to my mission, vision, and value statements. And I'm like, I could just fill these in here. And when I read them, they were so good for what I was doing before, but they didn't even touch what I'm doing now. Exactly. That evolution. Yes. Yeah, so even your own template, you know, <laughs> if you wanted to use it as that, is not going to be good when you make those shifts. And what I can say those because I am making, you know, this shift into this and fully owning this. There's so, it's so fulfilling and it's so exciting. And, you know, I'm just in love with this whole process. So, you know, we'll remain Growth Strategies Cafe. We're just working in a different way with people. And and I love doing that. With the planning, though, because this work was in progress and the other, you know, things on the personal side were going on, I didn't get to plan in October. And it's been making me nuts. I've been beating myself up like, this is what you say. This is what you tell people. So why aren't you doing it? And, you know, all the other things. And I had a uh, meeting with my right hand the other day, Lisa. And I said, you know what? I know you're going to be shocked to hear me say this, but we're going to do it in January. Yeah. You know, we've already got some things that are happening and rolling on. So we don't have to stop business. But we are going to actually do our planning for 2022 in January. And I just let myself off the hook because I, it wasn't a cop out. Like shit happens. But that's, but that's okay. A yes, that's wonderful. Right? Like you're the boss of your business. You get to do this when you want, but we, we do make ourselves wrong so often for not sticking to what we tell everybody else sometimes, or even sticking to what we want to do ourselves. But like you said, life happens. This is why when I do my planning, I like to build in that flexibility You know, I've worked with clients in the past where they've paid thousands of dollars for strategic plans, like 12 year strategic plans. 
and you look at them and there's no pivot room. If you miss one milestone, the whole thing goes to shit. And yet, so when I, when I work with people, when I work with myself, it's like, okay, this is the ideal. This is what would be really, if everything was perfect, this is what we would get done and nothing is ever perfect. So it's, it's okay. We're going to, we're going to just take it easy and we're going to fit it in when we can. I haven't started my planning yet. I'm usually really ahead of the game as well. But like we were talking about off air, you know, similar kind of thing. Like we've got a lot going on. I just pivoted. I rebranded. We bought a house. Like there's a lot going on. I haven't thought about planning at all. I need to actually do that. And I was actually planning to take the last two weeks of December off this year. It's it's written into all my agreements and everything. And I was like, you know what? No, I actually want to work. I actually want to take that time to focus on my business, not because I need to, but because I want to. And that's something else too. Like we, you, you mentioned before about one-to-one work and just how instrumental that can be in changing someone's business and how fulfilling it can be for you, but how it can also help bring up, you know, new discoveries for you when you do one-to-one work. And yet everybody in the space is telling us what you can't scale a business working one-to-one. You have to have a group program. You have to be able to offer your thing to hundreds of people. Otherwise, how are you going to scale, right? You have to be able to to take time off and you got to stick to that. And you shouldn't be working at this time and on the weekends and in the evening and all of it. It works for some, but it doesn't necessarily have to work for you. You are allowed to do this how you want. There are no fucking rules. Thank you. Amen. And that's really the first thing we wanted to share today is... As you're looking at the end of the year, as you're looking at your business as a whole, just remember, you know, don't beat yourself up. There's nothing to beat yourself up over. You get to do it the way that you want it. You get to sit back, look at it and say, you know what? I like this part. I don't like that part. This is what I'm going to do now. And the confidence, I've said this for years, the confidence comes in the doing. You can't help it. But, you know, think about recipes. Think about anything that you do, running, exercising, whatever it is, painting. You get better. You find new ways to do things and you're allowed to change and uh, make it your own. All right. So speaking of scaling, let's talk about how not to scale. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that's everybody is like, how to scale? This is how you scale. And I want to scale. And I talk to people and I'm like, you know, what are your goals for whatever quarter, whatever, wherever we're at in the year? And I hear so many times I scale, I got to scale. I just want to scale. Can you help me scale? Which is really funny because those of us like Sarah and I who work behind the scenes a lot and we hear that term a lot, but I did in numerous groups, I did a little thing to say, you know, what does it mean to scale? Do you know what scaling means? I can't tell you how many times people answered about fish. (laughs) Like, and these were business groups, right? So it was very interesting to me, the things that we hear all the time are not always commonplace out there. But I heard fish, I heard uh, rock climbing, scaling the wall. Yeah. Well, that's hilarious. But in relation to business. Yeah. So here we go, right? You, you have that and we think, oh my gosh, what is it? It's a lot of the people that are following a lot of the gurus, right? Well, Who have talked about this. Yeah. And it's terminology that like, and honestly, when I've asked that question in the past, the number one answer is, oh, make more money. That's not what scaling is. It's not. Right. It's not. No, it's not. And that is the thing. So how not to scale. Number one, to have a great idea 
and then say, I want to scale. Let's scale this. Mm -hmm. I sold a couple of um, one-on-one services. So how do I scale that? Which I hear so many times translated into basically multiplying it, right? So doing, that's where we get the group coaching or the group programs or the the courses and everything else, right? Because it's like, well, the way to scale is to take what you did and do it on a larger scale is where that comes from. Yeah. So making more money doesn't mean that you're scaling. So let's start there. Sarah, thank you for taking this one. What is scaling? Scaling, like you said, is not just making more money. It's actually understanding the process and the support system behind taking a one-to-one service, let's say, and being able to offer it on a larger scale, like more people, which requires more infrastructure, which requires Uh, maybe a bigger team, which requires in some way removing yourself from the equation. Now, having had a couple of really successful one-to-one encounters doesn't necessarily equal, I can scale this, right? You have to be really honest about that. And it comes down to understanding whether what you have is something that the the market wants for a start. And then what is it going to take for you to actually grow it to a point where you can offer it at the same level, or maybe better, right? Still bringing that same level of value to a larger audience. And that sound I mean, when you explain it that way, yeah, a lot of people are probably listening to this going, okay, so yeah, I can take my one to one offer and just, you know, turn it into a course or a program or, or, you know, a group coaching thing. But it's not that simple, right? And a lot of people forget that because you've had a couple of really great one to one encounters doesn't necessarily mean that you still have a viable product, you really shouldn't be thinking about scaling until you have vetted that product until you know or that service and that you know it's actually you've made mistakes you've looked at it you've pivoted you've tweaked you've made it better until you get to the point where when people are talking about a particular product or service your name comes up right when the demand is there that's when you scale scaling is not a catch-all for make six figures scaling is not a catch-all term for making more money and that's how we use it and I think that's where people really get stuck that's it right there I'm total agreement there because it is if I want to more, make more money, I'll scale. And so some people will say, so I want to add this program and this program, and I want to start offering these services. And that's not scaling. That's growing your business. Mm-hmm. That's diversifying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I spend a lot of time online. I'm just curious about a lot of stuff. So I spend a lot of time online in different groups, and I see people who, who have said that. I have this idea. How do I scale that? And back to what you just said, you don't even have a viable product just. You have an idea, mm-hmm. right? And then it's like, okay, well, okay, great. I'll sell it to my sister. So, okay, I worked out the kinks. So here it is. How do we scale that? But again, there's so much that goes behind that because in order to actually scale, you have to have an audience. You have to have a way to talk to the audience. You have to do some market research to find out, you know, so much information from them. What do they like? What do they don't like? Do they like audio? Do they like video? Do, you know... All the things. There's so much that's involved there. I talk to people also who are like, well, I'm on a budget and I really want to scale this. And, you know, can we do this for $1,200? That's one of those things that, number one, it's an, it depends. Mm -hmm. If you've got everything else in place, you know, we could possibly make some additions there for $1,200. But, you know, that's just it. There's, as you said, a whole infrastructure that supports that. I think about recipes all the time because I love, I love to eat. (laughs) when I think about them and so many times it'll be like oh I want to make more of these at one time 
So all I have to do is double the recipe, right? Not always. <laughs> Not always. Particularly when you're baking. Exactly. So when you do that, it's number one, if, I, if I'm going to just double it, because that seems simple enough, I have to go buy more supplies or I, I have to have at hand mm-hmm. more supplies. Bigger oven, double pans. Yep. There's your infrastructure. And are they the right ingredients? Because, and, and what if I want to now not bake my roast? Maybe I want to make it in the air fryer. Maybe you want to barbecue right? it. Yeah. One of the deep fryers. Those are so good. Deep oh, yeah. fried turkeys. <laughs> anyway, there's also that part of it that if you are going from one-to-one services to a program or a course, that doesn't automatically mean that you're going to take your framework. Your framework may stay the same, but the way that you deliver it, you're going to have to learn all about that. You're going to have to tweak the way that you deliver it. So the way that you do it in a one-to-one, it's going to be, I don't want to say more complicated, but there are more things involved when you do it for a group because you're not talking to one person. Yeah. So you're going to have to do some revamp in there. And then your sales page, that's going to change because, again, now you're talking to a multitude of people as opposed to the one person. The messaging, everything about it's going to change. Yeah. Just wanted to touch on that today that, you know, just think about when when you think about scaling, when you think about I need to make more money, are, are you in, you know, pulled into that thing where it's like I need to scale yeah. because that's not really what you may need to do. And Sarah and I, you can talk to us. We're happy to talk through it with you. If we're not a good fit, we have a whole community of people who do work behind the scenes with other business owners. So we're always happy to share a referral as well. Absolutely. All right, Sarah, next up, we've got one of your favorite topics, the magic of January 1st. Yay! There's a magical boundary that exists between December 31st and January 1st. And once you cross that boundary, see, I can't even, I can't even finish the bullshit story. No, no, (laughs) I can't. No, there is, there is no magical boundary between December 31st and January 1st. And I mean, I'm not going to say that I've never been caught up in that rhetoric, in that logic, because I have, you know, years ago, but it has taken me, and I think it's because we have this whole capitalist system behind the December 1st, January 1st, whatever it is. But the reality is you don't have to wait until January 1st to make changes in anything. You don't have to wait for that day to start new things. You don't have to wait for that day to start planning. You don't have to wait for that day to start launching. You can start whatever you want to start tomorrow. It doesn't matter. January 1st is just another day. Now, if you like starting things at the beginning of the month or beginning of a week, you know, that's a different story. If you like that linear sort of the the tidiness of it, that's a different story. But please stop fooling yourself into thinking that January 1st is some kind of fresh start. It's not. Tomorrow is a fresh start. The next minute is a fresh start. You are allowed to start whenever you want. Yes, ma'am. It is. I see people who give up mid-November if they're not on track for their quarterly goals. And when you talk about, you know, you can start anything, you can also stop anything at Mm -hmm. any moment. I think people want to stop overeating, stop smoking, stop being on Instagram, stop, you know, whatever the stop is. And I'm going to do that on such and such date. But I think, you know, that's another one. You can stop doing anything at any time. 
And just because we do, you know, financially, and most of the time we think in quarters in business, just because you're not on track for your goals for the quarter doesn't mean you just throw in the towel and like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, try again at the beginning of next quarter. Because how much further are you going to be behind then? You're wasting so much time. Yes. And you're going to be feeling miserable about it. So that, you know, that's one of the reasons I love and recommend doing your CEO monthly, your CEO uh, days monthly. So mm-hmm. that you can make adjustments. I mean, you can, again, you can make them in the middle of the month, the second Tuesday, what, whatever, whenever you want to do them, you can do them. But if you're reviewing every month on your CEO day, what's working, what's not working, you can pivot, you can make those changes. And if you see that this thing over here is working really well, and that isn't, you can drop it. Yeah, and you're allowed to. Yes. Yeah, because the other thing that, you know, you you forget is that if let's say you quit mid-November and you're like, I'm going to just do, I'm going to start fresh in, Jan- in January, right? You're wasting a ton of time and you're also giving yourself an out, an easy out, right? You're you're essentially building in the whole, well, if I don't, it's, it's kind of like when you're, when you're wanting this, like, this is a terrible example, but I'm going to use it because everyone can resonate with it. It's when you want to start a diet. Well, I'll, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start fresh on Monday. So this weekend, I'm going to eat all the shit food. And I'm going to have, I'm just going to enjoy like my last supper. And then I'm, I'm going to start fresh on Monday. And you wake up Monday, and you're too tired to cook. Well, screw it. I'm, I'm going to start next Monday. So this week, I'm just going to, you know, blow my calories or whatever. And this perpetuates week after week after week, you can stop on a Wednesday afternoon, and then Wednesday evening, have your salad or whatever, you can do the same thing in business, you don't have to wait until some arbitrary date to start or stop something. If it's not working for me right now, I'm going to stop right now. And in this next minute, I'm going to decide what, what actually feels better for me. We need to start normalizing that. Oh my goodness, such a good suggestion. And I, you know, we take it as that it's a suggestion because you don't have to, you can go ahead and waste that time. What ends up happening in that is you become more lethargic, you Mm -hmm. become out of touch with your audience, you feel like shit because you, you know, you question yourself all this out. Well, you know, I didn't do it last time. Why should I do it? You know, it's not going to work this time. And it's just too much time to dwell. And what is that when you are just mired in it, right? Yeah. So if it's not working, change it. Like I've always felt that way. Like it's like Play-Doh. If you're building something, you don't like it. What do you do? You smush it up and you build something else. Yeah. And it's okay. And there, I mean, and there are people probably sitting there going, yeah, but there are certain times a year when I read something recently, someone was saying, well, you know, this is a terrible time to sell coaching programs because people aren't looking for that. They're slowing down. They're, you know, they're in anticipation of the holidays. And yeah, that's true for a lot of people. It's not true for everybody, right? Yes, there are certain times during the year where you have ebbs and flows, like natural ebbs and flows, like the start of the school year is a little bit harried because kids are going back to school. Christmas, yes, people are busy in the holidays. The new year, yes. February, yes, because about summertime. Like You can always find an excuse. This is not the right time because, right? And for a lot of people, yeah, maybe they're not looking for a program or a one-to-one or to invest in something because their priorities are elsewhere doesn't mean everybody's are. It also doesn't mean that you have to waste this time. Let's say right now, yeah, there's a downturn in people wanting X type of of service or product. So what can you do then during this time to continue the momentum? What can you do during this time that is maybe not actively selling, but maybe it's planting seeds. Maybe it's looking at your own business growth. Maybe it's planning for yourself. There are so many business activities and personal growth activities that you can do that are not sales right? Because that's the other part of business and about sustainability and scaling and all of the things we're talking about today. Not 
everything has to be about sales. There is like sales is like 20%, right? Sales is the byproduct of all the other work you do. You can't see me, but I'm gesticulating very exaggerated <laughs> right now because I believe in this so passionately, right? There is so many, there's so many other things you can and should be doing and sales is the byproduct of that. So again, don't get mired down in, well, I can't sell right now, so I can't do anything. Right. And the other thing that a lot of people, I never understood when people are like, you know, everybody's proudly, you know, proclaiming like, I'm taking off the last two weeks of the year and everything else. And for me, I love that time to be able to work and, and do things. And again, it was said like, you know, we're all supposed to be doing this and if you're working during this time you know poor you whatever but it is I like working during that time I do a lot of internal things mm -hmm. inside the business and here's the other thing that I think is so many people overlook is because there are so many less people selling you know because they're off they're not selling things you're going to stand out because for those people who are looking to buy certain things you're going to stand out because you're there yeah yeah so you I mean I think it comes down to you've really got to figure out what feels right for you. You know, a lot of people are like, well, you should be taking time off over the holidays. Yeah, if you want to, right? What if you don't want to? What if you're like, no, I'm happy to work or work lights me up or I've got time now to focus on the things that I didn't have time to focus on last month. You're allowed to run it your way, just like you're allowed to work on weekends if you want. You're allowed to work in the evening. It's your business. You're allowed to sell when you want. And this again, I think is where it goes back to the perspective of the, of the person hearing it. When people talk about not working weekends, not working in the evenings, it's more so because that is what works for that person. They don't want to work weekends or evenings. And because of course, corporate's that way. Yeah. And sometimes if I need to work in the evening, I will. But I think that that's that whole thing is more to say, don't work yourself 24 hours a day and burn yourself out. Absolutely. Right. And then but people hear like, oh, I shouldn't be working in the evenings or um, on the weekends. So if I am, there's something wrong. Working on the holidays, I'm not talking about, you know, taking my laptop to the dinner table or, you know, any of that <laughs> kind of stuff. It's a more, I'm not open for calls with customers and, you know, clients, but we have things that we'll be doing you know, whether it's going to visit relatives, whatever, over that two week period. But I leave the, the option open that, you know, if I'm sitting here and I'm bored or not taking a nap, which I love, then I'm going to go in and I'm going to sit down and get some work done. Yeah, you get to choose what that looks like. As we started out at the beginning, there's no one way to run your business. Just don't buy into the whole magic of January 1st. There is no magic tripwire or, you know, everything's going to be fine. It's more of a mindset thing because we've all heard it for so long. And last but not least, we've got don't be that girl. So I see this a lot in, in different circles, especially because we're service providers. And I will see in groups, I'll see where someone comes in and they'll pose a question that goes something like, hi there. I charge $15 an hour and I do XYZ and ABC and LMNOP and I'm really having a hard time finding a project management system that would help me manage all of this. What do you suggest? Now, you would think that the first suggestion would be, oh, I like teamwork. I like Trello. This is why, you know, I like Asana or ClickUp or whatever it is. Unfortunately... <laughs> That is not the response. The first response, and probably from what I've seen, the majority of responses. What do you think it is, Sarah? Girl, why are you only charging $15? You need to raise your prices. 
Yes, ma'am. Which is not what she asked, first of all. (laughs) (laughs) And I find that a lot of those responses, to me, it's uh, lack mentality because... And I've heard people say this. Well, if you're charging $15 an hour, then nobody's going to want to, you know, pay me the $30 an hour that I'm charging, right? So immediately, to me, there's that lack mentality that what this person over here is doing is going to cause me not to have business. Yeah, which, and that's a scarcity mentality, 100%. And that's not, like, what she's charging, that's what she's charging. You don't. She didn't give any background on anything else. She's yeah. just actually looking for a project management system. And then you've got the people who, you know, you do have some people who will do that, but everybody jumps on that bandwagon about raising your prices. And one of the things that irritates me about that, and I always thought, and I've seen this for years, this is not something new. First of all, I want to talk to people. If they were actually asking about pricing, I would want to go into the DMs and jump on Zoom and have a conversation because there's too many questions I have. Oh, it's so complex, yeah. So... I look at this and I think the thing that really irritates me is you, number one, don't know what the quality of her work is. True. I always think that like she didn't give a website, the speed and the responses. I'm pretty sure you haven't gone to check out her website or wherever, you know, her presence is. So let's say she does shit work Mm -hmm. and she takes your advice and is now charging $35 an hour and -and so-and-so hires her and -and so-and-so hires her and she's providing shit work. That's going to do more harm to you and I or anybody else out there than what she's charging. Because that gives like the entire industry like, oh my gosh, you know, I paid $35. I couldn't depend on her. She didn't show up. Like I asked for this and I got this. And that kind of work, like you have no idea the quality of this person's work. And that's one of several reasons why when you're in a discovery call with a client or you're, you're trying to you know, woo a client, they have price objections. Because they've probably worked with somebody who charged around what you're charging and had a bad experience. And they're like, well, no, I'd rather actually find someone who charges less because their expectations are now skewed about what $40 an hour, $50 an hour, $60 an hour looks like, right? We have to stop telling people, just slap another zero on there. Just put a comma in there. Charge your Double worth. your price. Stop charging your fucking worth. Oh my your goodness. Your prices when I was... have nothing to do with your worth. Like that's a whole nother conversation. But it riles me up because we're giving, especially new people in the space, new service providers, the wrong idea about how to set your pricing. And it could be that that person at $15 an hour, she's really honing her skills. So it's not just that she's the, what she's receiving for her time and effort is not just the monetary amount, but she's getting the experience experience yes like guys she's going to yes there's there's a process right even like someone like i'll give you my own example i have 20 years of experience in the corporate space i've managed people i've taught i have 13 years in the education space i've taught people how to do this and yet when i came into this entrepreneurial space i started at 15 dollars an hour Because what I was able to do in corporate was vastly different. It had to translate in a different way. I needed the experience. I needed to understand what my services were going to be, how it was going to show up, who I wanted to work with. That takes time. You cannot come into this space and immediately start charging four, five, six figures. Because we've all been told that that there's some arbitrary number that equals success. And the quicker you can get to it, the better. If you want to have a sustainable business, you have to put the work in to hone your skill. You have to build the experience. You have to pay, you know, and I don't like using this term, but I'll use it. 
you have to pay your dues. You have to be able to learn to articulate the value you are bringing to the client. It is not about your worth. It is about the value you bring to a client's business and how good you are at articulating that. And if you can't articulate it, you haven't done the work. Didn't you do a post recently about this? I think I did. Let me bring it up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, it was basically... When you are getting paid, when you're setting your prices, you've got to understand the value that you deliver. You've got to understand the value and then be able to articulate that value. But you've also got to understand the market value, what the market wants. What is the market looking for? What are they willing to pay? And people don't like to hear that. It's like anything else. If you're going out to buy a pair of boots, you'll notice that most boots are priced in a similar price range. But then you based go and look at... Based on the quality? The, exactly based on the, what they're made of? Yep. Durability? If it can be mass-produced, durability, all yes. of that stuff, right? I was in a position where I was a property manager, and the new guy came in, and he was trying to negotiate my pay. It was the company had been bought, whatever, whatever, you know, a slick Rick walks in and he's just like, you know, so what do you feel you're worth? And fortunately, at that point in time, I was very full of myself and knew my worth. (laughs) And I just looked at him and I said, oh, you can't afford my worth, but I can tell you what this seat is worth. The seat that I'm sitting in, I can tell you based on the industry and based on my performance, I can tell you what you can afford. Love it. So, you know, it really is. Now, I'm not I'm not always that way. Just the other day, I had a nervous breakdown about something much less minor than that. (laughs) (laughs) And we can't we cannot continue to give people advice like this. We, We need to ask questions. We are so this goes to a lot of things that happen in the in groups and everything else. I just just sent you one the other day and somebody had asked, at what point in your business do you did you hit six or ten thousand dollars? Yeah. Yeah, ten K months. And people just started giving their thoughts and what happened to them and everything else. And I felt so bad for the poster because I mean a lot of times when they're in that when we're in that position, we don't know what we don't know. And it is, we, we just, we're frustrated and we just need to do something. So we want to hear this, right? Well, like, when did it happen for you? So again, we're going to measure ourselves by someone else's performance, right? Mm-hmm. And it just, I really hurt for her because she, she's going to get such a wide variety of answers. You're going to, you need some specific questions. How long have you been in business? What's your market? You know, what how you are you do? marketing? Like, <laughs> Yes, all these things, because there was no indication of that. It was just, when did you hit six months, or when did you hit 10K in your months? Because I can't seem to get there. Yeah, like so the fundamental question. I, I looked at the responses that you sent me, and it's like, nobody asked, like, the fundamental question, what do you do? What's your business? Right. And that is, I always, when I do this one, it's something that I really want to engage with that person. And I said, hey, you know, no uh, marketing, no pitching, anything like that, no ulterior motives, I'd be happy to jump on a Zoom and I have some specific questions I want to ask and we can brainstorm. Yeah. Because it's too broad of a question. But that's where she was coming from. So my whole thing, you know, with this, don't be that girl, is use some thought when we're Mm -hmm. answering these questions. And if we truly want to support one another, ask some questions and be that girl that actually does ask the questions and tries to help that person. And if somebody could just please tell the girl what project management system 
Just answer the <laughs> she question. She might be able to use. Yes, right? please. Answer the question she and, asked. <laughs> and stop. Let's stop. Let's just stop being threatened by what other people are doing. And, you know, let's support one another. Well, I mean, stay in your lane is a really is a really great phrase. And I think we don't use it as much as we should. Not in a rude way, like mind your own business, but mind your own business. Because here's the thing, if you're constantly looking at other people's lanes, you're not focusing on your business. You're not focusing on what you should be doing, how you should be doing it, how it feels right to do it, what you do, what you need to get better at. You're looking at what everybody else is doing. And then ultimately, you're building their business, not your own, right? You don't want a carbon copy of someone else's business because you, you, you'll, you'll never, I think we've talked about this before, but like, even if we share this, the exact same recipe, our results are going to be completely different when we're cooking. Yep. It's the same with business. And this is if templates worked, if cookie cutter worked, if blueprints worked, we'd all be billion squidzillionaires and there would be no issue. We wouldn't have to ever do coaching or anything like that. But the reason all of these things exist is because every single one of us is meant to stay in our own lane, find our own zone of genius, find out how we should be articulating that, like doing that deep work is so necessary. Which brings us full circle to where we started. There's no way and no one way to build your business and you get to do it your way. There are plenty of people who can help you. If you are at that place where you feel like you've tried other things and they're not working, as I said earlier, Sarah and I are happy to talk with you, refer you to someone else if need be. I love this. This is what is going to help you grow your business, be sustainable, mm -hmm. and move forward in your business. If you don't take anything away today, please take a step back and ask yourself, are you looking for the templates? Are you looking for the fill in the blanks because you think it's going to be easier? Because chances are, while it's easy to fill in the blanks, and sometimes not even that, but while it's easier to fill in the blanks, it's not going to be as fulfilling. It's not going to truly speak to people about who you are and the value that you bring. And it's going to stop you from going out there and growing a business and showing up the way that the people who could only hear you can actually hear you. Exactly. exactly. And again, I understand wanting to short shortcut or fast track your, your growth and your success, but using a cookie cutter is not going to allow you to do that. It's actually going to spread your your journey out even longer if you want a shortcut if you want to fast track you need to do the deep work you need to work with someone who's going to help you understand your unique vision and your unique place in all of this and when you understand that that's how you bypass all the bullshit and get to where you want to be quicker so well said well, Sarah, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for being here. And I love being able to talk about whatever, to talk about the bullshit, shoot the holes in it. And, you know, when we talk about this, I just think it's kind of tongue in cheek beyond the bullshit, but it's not, but it is, but it's not. <laughs> Right, because what it is, is so many times we get caught up in the mindsets and all the uh, rhetoric out there. And we're just here to remind you or suggest or encourage you to just take a second look at it so that you don't really have to buy into it if you don't want to. Exactly. This has been a lot of fun. I love it. So much fun. <laughs> well, Sarah, I'll see you back first quarter 2022. Sounds good.
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Growth Strategies Cafe podcast. If it resonated with you, be sure to share it on Facebook and tag me to let me know how you're using this info to grow your online business. And of course, you're always welcome in our free Facebook community. And you can get there by going to growthstrategiescafe.com forward slash Facebook. Hey, while you're at it, go ahead and invite a friend. We'd love to have you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.